0: Thank you for listening to the sermons here at Ascension Lutheran Church. Our worship services happen on Sunday mornings. 8.30 is our traditional worship service, and 10.30 is our contemporary worship service. We'd love to see you on a Sunday morning. You can visit us also on our website at www.alcrpv.org. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being the God who shows up, who, as we sang consistently over and over every time, shows up. We pray now that you show up in this room, that this is not about me, about my work, about my preparation, about my words, but about your strength and your power. So, Lord, infuse my words with your Holy Spirit. Give them, give them power, give them meaning, give them peace. Let them go forth and not return void. Let them open up eyes and ears so that your word might be heard and your gospel proclaimed. Lord, bless this time as we submit it to you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So I wanted to start, before I got into kind of the sermon proper, I wanted to just give a quick rundown of um, where I was last week and to tell you guys about the association that we're a part of. So um, this congregation is a group of congregations called the LCMC, which stands for Lutheran Congregations in Missions for Christ. And every year, they have an annual gathering, and it always takes place in some Lutheran land, which is like Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, right? Those are the places where Lutherans exist, not so much in California. And so we always have to fly there, and we get to see all these other churches. About um, 700 people were there at this conference, and there's about 900 congregations in our association. And so the LCMC is a flat organization, which means we don't have a bishop or a president dictating down. We do have somebody we call the service ministry coordinator, who's there to kind of serve the association, but we don't have somewhere where it can just say, this is the way it shall be, and that goes down to all the congregations. That being the case, it's really important that we show up for these things. Because if we don't show up for these things, then you kind of become more and more isolated. And that's a dangerous place to be. And so we had to meet people. We had a wonderful talk by our service ministry coordinator, Mike Bradley. Um, Ed Stetzer came in, uh, who, if you read evangelical um, church growth at all, you've heard that name. He's actually in charge of the theology department at Biola now and talked to us about kind of the world and where it's going and some of the issues and some of the um, hope in the midst of that. And then also a lot of just getting to know each other. A lot of sitting, talking. Um, we talked about forming a California district so that we could make the big LCMC a little smaller and have us do things together. So interesting um, conversations. It was in St. Louis. Um, one of my great regrets was that I moved my time forward, my flight forward a little bit. And then my plan was for Marco and I to go and see the arch After our last thing, but because of my flight movement, we didn't get to see the arch. So Mark said, there's a reason still to go to St. Louis. So we still have a reason to go back is to see the arch. Also, um, I got to bring Marco with me, which was really fun, and he um, is in this season of searching and asking wonderful questions, and so I was glad to have him there and to get to meet people and to talk to different seminaries and, and talk to different situations about kind of where, where God's leading him. So a lot of reasons to pray. Um, just so you all know, that is the group that we're associated with, and uh, there's a lot of prayer needed, I think, just because I'm curious about what we're going to gather around. I think there's been a lot of energy about gathering against, like where we were, the previous denomination that we were a part of. But now, okay, who are we going to be? Where are we going? What are we going to be great at? Are we going to be great at raising up clergy? Because there is a major clergy shortage. As the boomers are retiring, there's not a lot of pastors following behind them. Are we going to be great at um, sending missionaries? Are we going to be great at whatever we're going to be great at? So reasons to pray for you all. So while I was gone, uh, Tommy took over and did a wonderful job. I got to listen to his sermon, and I really enjoyed it. So thank you, Tommy, for taking over. Um, and to Faye and Townsend, um, appreciate you guys. It's really nice to know that we can be gone and um, things still roll on. So Tom introduced us into this idea of God being faithful, going through the fruits of the Spirit. Now, by contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. This idea that God has planted us by a river and his Holy Spirit is flowing and giving us the soil nutrients, the water that we need. And as we just bask in God's presence These things of him come out. These characteristics of him, faithfulness, love, joy, these are the things of God that are manufactured, are built, are grown out of us. And so we're looking at these different characteristics. We went with love last month as we opened this time, and now we're moving into faithfulness. And you would say, yes, love and faithfulness are two different things. But if I sat you down right away and say, tell me how they're different, you would probably start using a lot of similar language. Well, you're with the person. You care for the person. You, you stand by them. You, you do good things for them, right? Love and faithfulness, you know they're different, but how are they different? And as I considered this and talked to Tommy and kind of mulled this over in my head, I want to give you a math equation. Um, I'm born of a physicist and I'm at a church where there's a lot of engineers. So all of you, your moment has come. Okay? This, this is what we've been waiting for for all the years. How can we describe faithfulness? And I should have used um, those symbols and things. But since I do words, this is what I think. Faithfulness is love multiplied by time. As I consider the difference between love and faithfulness, I think you can show love in a single moment. You can put someone's needs in front of your own, sacrifice yourself so that they can have what they need, and that is love. Jesus showed us love on the cross and Easter empty tomb. He showed us what love looks like. This is love. But you can't show someone faithfulness in a day. You can't show someone's faithfulness in a moment. Faithfulness is love showing up time and time and time again. So that when you stand in a situation and you know the person or you know the thing, you can say, I know how they've acted with me for the last 20 years. So I know how they're going to act with me. The songs that Townsend chose and Gab sang so wonderfully. Sons, I know you're going to do it again. I know how you've been, and I know how you will be. Faithfulness is our ability to look back on the acts of God. God in the garden. When we go and we totally mess up, and we go our own way, God doesn't go, well, okay, that's it, creation. I'm done with it. No more. Gone. But instead, he faithfully shows up. He gives a curse to the serpent that one day you will be destroyed. On their way out of the garden, he clothes the people, the man and the woman, with skin. You know, I've read that's the first animal sacrifice. So that their clothes would not with garments of leaves that will braille and break, but with skin that can last. Faithful out. God is faithful on the cross and in the empty tomb. He shows up. He dies and resurrects for us. Breaks free of sin and death. And that event has impacted all of creation. So that now we know the end of the story. That the evil one has been conquered. And we can stand assured that we have a future. That God will come again. How can we know that? How can we know there's a day that everything will be okay? Right. I end the service. With a simple statement, but I think a beautiful statement of the gospel. That the rumors of grace, hope, and forgiveness are all true. Everything will be okay. Is it okay? No, it's not. How is it going to be okay? There's a faithful God who doesn't give up on you. And those are words that we need to hear. Everything's going to be okay. Because right now it's not. God's faithfulness has shown up time and time and time. Time again. And so, when we, when we think about this, I think the relationships that most often come to mind are, are relationships of um, marriage, faithfulness and marriage. We hear those words tied together, or faithfulness with uh, parents to children. Those are the kind of relationships that I think are most often associated with faithfulness. And those are good, of course, and important, but they're interesting because both of those relationships have outside influences mandating faithfulness, right? If you want to break off your marriage, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of pulling apart of things, of property, of of money, right? There's a lot of work that goes into that. And your children, you birthed them. You've seen them since they were tiny growing up, right? All of this. So faithfulness out of that, those are kind of bound by biology or bound by the law. I want to submit to you that I think there's a beautiful relationship that can help us to think about faithfulness in a new way. And it's why we had the reading from Samuel or the reading from the end of Corinthians today. Jesus says this in the gospel, you are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. Is I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. I wonder if we don't talk about in the church friendship enough. We are people who are made to be friends and to have friends. And if you think about the idea of friendship and faithfulness, something really interesting happens. Inside of my marriage, inside of my parent-child relationship with both my parents and, and my kids, those are bound by the law, they're bound by biology. But inside a friendship, if you want to end a friendship, it's quite easy. You just stop. You just give up. Don't call anymore. But I think all of us have friends in our lives who have seen us at the top of the top, when we are operating well and, and healthy and doing the things we should do. And though some person has seen us when we're at the bottom, when we're nasty and mean and sassy and don't deserve a lot. And those faithful friends who show up time and time and time again show us what faithfulness is. I mean, they could give up on us. We could give up on them. We could just stop because it's easier. Or, or yeah, you know, you, you showed that ugly side that I don't want to see, and I, so I don't want to be around that anymore. But friendship that chooses to come again and again into the relationship is such a beautiful, wonderful sign of faithfulness. You see, God is consistent. When we are at our best and we're, oh man, we're doing things and we're serving and, and we're inviting people into church and, and we're giving money and everything's going great, God is there. And when we're at our worst and we're sinning and we're just making bad choices and we're hurting people like an Uzi, we're just like spreading hurt and just knocking people down, God is there. And the friends that walked with us amidst the times that we're at our best and our worst resemble and show us this faithfulness that we need. Love multiplied by time over and over and over again. And what faithfulness does is gives us security that we can be who we are and still be called the beloved. Right? That in the midst of all of that stuff, in the midst of our messiness, in the midst of our disaster, we can be still the beloved. And this is why I wonder if simple friendship, Christian friendship, can change the world. People being willing to love and to be vulnerable and to express themselves and to be safe with others who can consistently show up, who can offer a word of forgiveness, a word of kindness, not because they have to, not because they're mandated by biology or by law, but because they want to. They want to be in relationship with you. They want to show up with you. God loves you. Wants to be with you. Doesn't give up on you. Does he have to? No. He should have just wiped his whole hands of all of this. God could, you know, anytime I mess up, be like, well, Scott, that was it. We're done now. But he doesn't. And he's shown us that throughout the ages so that we know that we can be who we are and God will show up for us. And this is the kind of love, this is the word here though that so that um, Jesus uses, I call you philas, this word of Philadelphia, brotherly love, consistent love, friendship kind of love. And that love allows us To be secure and known. Now, C.S. Lewis says that um, love, love is an opportunity for us to change. But also, I want you to hear this about what love can do. It says, there is no safe investment. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be run and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. The alternative to tragedy, or at least to the risk of tragedy, is damnation. The only place outside heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all the dangers and perturbations of love is hell. Love is risking. Being a friend is risky because you will be hurt. You will be hurt. But being a friend allows your heart to come out of that casket of selfishness and be in relationship with one another. It allows for intimacy. It allows for vulnerability. And so our options are not safety or hurt. Our options are love and hurt or Hardness and death. Faithful love of a friend. The faithful love of a friend that brings light and community and love to others. There was a a pastor at the um, conference who Mark and I had spent time with, one of my favorite guys. And we were talking and he was telling a story about... um, his ministry and story from long ago. But he was telling a story about, uh, he got a phone call from a parent and their child, so their grandchild, but their child was at the hospital because um, their grandchild had died of SIDS. But they were a little old um, to be dying of SIDS, so the police had to do an investigation. So they asked him to come and he showed up and then he had to go into the room to to ask them to set the baby down so that the police could begin their investigation. So he's in this room with these two parents and their dead baby and the police right there. And they looked at him and they said, we do not believe in God because he cannot do this. There's no God that's good, that's allowed to let my son have this happen to them. My friend, who by the power of the Holy Spirit, I mean, I don't think he would claim these words to be his own words. He said, I understand. You should be mad at God. I get it. I ask of you one thing. When you can't believe, surround yourself with faithful people who will believe for you right now. I know you don't have the strength. Let them have the strength for you. And from that moment, they went and they've had other children and now they're a part of the church and they're a vibrant part of the community there. But what an amazing line for the Holy Spirit to give to him. When you don't have the strength, allow a faithful friend to carry you. Because you can't do it. And you're allowed to be mad. You're allowed to shake your fist. You're allowed to say, I don't believe in you because this shouldn't be okay. And that's right. Just don't isolate yourself. Let friends surround you. Let them hold you. Let them carry you through that time because there's going to be a time when they're going to turn to you and say, I can't do it anymore. I can't walk anymore. This thing shouldn't have happened. Can you be my faithful friend right now? Can you carry me as I go through whatever it is that I'm about to go through or in the midst of right now? That kind of love, that kind of over and over, showing up over time so you know that that person can be there to carry you through life and you will carry them, is a representative of God's faithfulness to us. As we saying, you haven't given up on me, so I know you're not going to give up on me again. You will show up Again. I want us to consider just for a moment um, taking just, just one, one step farther. And if you will, if you will just grab your phone out. I know you brought your phone to church because it's 2023. And I want you to open your messages, and you do not have to send the message. But I want you to consider, as I've been talking about who's a faithful friend, I want you to just open your messages and type their name and make a new message and type their name in. Not your spouse, not someone who you birthed or birthed you. And I want you to just simply ask yourself the question can I just write to them a quick message of thank you for being my friend? Thank you for being my faithful friend. Because I think that friendship is an underutilized, underestimated power that God has given us. And I wonder what happens if Ascension Lutheran Church is willing to be vulnerable as a friend. And is willing to say, will you carry me when I can't walk and I'll carry you? Because God has been faithful to us over and over and over again. How can friendship transform the world? Heavenly Father, I thank you for, um, for showing us what the root of friendship is. Faithfulness. Not that we've got it together, but just that when we are messed up, you show up. Over and over again. In our best days, when everything's working and everything's clicking and it's just, oh, it all seems so good. You show up our worst days, when we cannot do anything right, when we say the wrong thing, when we hurt everybody we love, and, and we just make mistakes, you show up. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness revealed in the cross and in the tomb. Thank you for being a God who doesn't give up on us. Thank you for being a God who shows up. So, Lord, we submit this time to you, believing that you will show up over and over and over again. Help us to model that faithfulness for our friends. Help us to be the community where someone's willing to lay in our arms as they say, I can't go forward. It can't be okay. And you're right. But let us be the people who tell them one day it will be because you have resurrected from the tomb. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness to us and help us to be faithful friends to one another. Amen.